Hey everybody, John here. Just wanted to make a quick announcement before we get into this fantastic episode of Big Web Movies. This Saturday, February 27th, the Biggie Awards are happening. That's right, the second ever Biggie Awards are happening. We're going to give out awards to our favorites of 2020, baby. 2020, the best year in movies. Everybody knows it. Nothing unusual happened in 2020. Everything was normal. And movies also were fantastic. One of the best years ever. Marty Scorsese is going to be there. Nick Cage is going to be there. Ryan Gosling's going to be there. I They all RSVP'd already. They are definitely going to be there. It's the best award show on the whole internet. And we're going to be live this year. Last year we only did recorded. This year we're, we're trying out some live action. Baby. Uh, it's going to be live where we'd normally go live. On twitch.tv slash John underscore George. Uh, we'll be live 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time this Saturday. February 27th. So come one, come all this Saturday and watch the biggies 2021 or 2020. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's it's on 2020 movies, but it's in 2021. So yeah. Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. And I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And John... I'm sick of making the funny jokes every time we open this fucking podcast. You do the opening bit this week. <laughs> you literally, literally right before the podcast, you were mad at yourself for not coming up with an opening bit. And now... Uh, well, maybe we're spreading the wealth this time. <laughs> I, this time you, gave you me no do the funny I, you, joke. You, you... Well, this is improv comedy, John. Yes, and I, me. Okay. Um, I don't... Did you see the Joker in the trailer? the justice league he he said they live in a society yeah. he, he did say the big gamer term uh that we live in a society which made me clap and cheer i woke up all my neighbors because i i watched it first thing in the morning i did a standing ovation um, for a day straight i think like wow i just yeah i can't even remember that whole day to be honest it's like a blur to me and that's because <laughs> i was just standing up clapping for 24 hours straight so clapping and cheering and really just living for the the glorious timeline that we live in this timeline i'm gonna say is probably perfect because the joker said we live in a society wow. in a movie to be clear that's crazy that that like that just outweighs all the bad shit happening in the world right now baby um absolutely listen all this stuff Zack snyder Zack Snyder found the cure for coronavirus and our political strife and all the hardships in the world. And it was having the Joker finally point out that we, in fact, live in a society. society. Yes. Well, I mean, just I'm already tearing up, to be honest. Um, I, I haven't even seen the movie yet. I'm, I'm tearing up at the idea of a character that could point this out to us. Let us know that we do live in a society because yeah, it's I. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix played around with the idea. He got close. He said the word "society" in a speech a couple times. Um, and Todd Phillips, he doesn't know what he's doing. Joaquin Phoenix, no idea what's going on. <laughs> Zack Snyder and Jared Leto, uh, they got it. They just went and said it when nobody else would yeah. a hero in the darkness to all of us truly everyone's dancing around it they're like oh i don't want to say it like if i can't commit to it fully but zach snyder's yeah. he's got the balls of steel he's a man of steel he's got the balls of steel he can do it absolutely he okay zach snyder's a gamer and he put one out there for all the gamers in the world yeah and i'm glad i'm glad we have a gamer director out there that's you know he's willing to <laughs> game the system do anything to be a gamer and i'm happy the mortal Kombat trailer came out i doubt you watched it but we're gonna have to talk about it real quick we don't usually do this but i want to talk about it i'm a big fan of mortal Kombat. i've never seen any of the movies i think this movie could be good my big problem is that the main character of this movie is named like cole something or other i can't remember his last name it's it's a super generic name. He's just like a white guy who's an MMA fighter and he gets sucked into the crazy world of Mortal Kombat. Oh, interesting. And I was just like, Mortal Kombat's about like lizard men and skeleton people 
and lightning gods. And the main character of our movie is fucking like Johnny Mayonnaise fucking coleslaw. <laughs> and he he punches. That's his thing is he in the real world punches. Um, and I was like, just to, why can't we have fun? Warner Brothers, just let us have fun with this. <laughs> they didn't even we literally have a character, Johnny Cage. He's just a normal white guy. Make him the lead if that's really what you want to do. Don't create like fucking coal ketchup mayonnaise, whatever. Just give us give us something better than that. He's named after every condiment or something. He's named after every con every bland condiment. Ketchup is a little too spicy for this yeah, man. No, I just like ketchup's not bland, not bland enough for him. Yeah. So that's my big complaint. Um, but Scorpion does say get over here in the trailer, which is very nice. Um, so yeah, Mortal Kombat video game movies, they're happening now. You know, Tom makes a good point in chat. I feel like Cole Sprouse, now that I think about it, was probably named after Cole Slaw. Um, his parents probably liked Coleslaw. Well, that's his full first name, right? His <laughs> full name is Coleslaw Sprouse. <laughs> Coleslaw Sprouse. That's a good yeah. nickname. I, I would call him that if I were his buddy. Uh, which I am. <laughs> he would probably love that. He went to NYU at the same time that one of my friends went to NYU, I believe. Or maybe he was like a year after. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently he was just like a chill dude who like liked PC gaming. I can't remember if that was Cole or Dylan. I think they both went there. I think it's Dylan. I think Dylan is more of the gamer than Cole. Because I, okay. I remember that being ironic because in the show, Dylan plays Zach, who's not a nerd, but he's more of a nerd in real life. And wow is what i remember so i look at i'm looking up this mortal Kombat. i didn't watch the trailer of course because i only watched the trailer to justice league <laughs> for justice league yeah um and uh this is a first time director interesting i didn't expect that simon mcquade yeah. quote i don't know how to pronounce his last name i have no idea this will come out if it's warner brothers that'll be an hbo maxer right it certainly will it's coming to hbo max i think in April or May or June? That's so soon. Or July or August? We're getting a dump of movies in April. April, May, I feel uh, like. Yeah, Warner Brothers basically just said fuck it, and they're dumping all their movies on HBO Max, uh, which is great for this podcast, because we need that. Give us that content, Warner Brothers. Oh yeah. We're, we're friends with the Warner Brothers as well, by the way. So Yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted Warner Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> even though Bill and Ted isn't even a Warner Brothers film either. No, so. that's the unfortunate thing is they actually stole the life rights from yeah that's, from Bill and Ted Warner really Brother. That's also a little known fact. Their last name is Warner Brother. It's not Warner. <laughs> Warner Brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cruella trailer as well. Lots of trailers. I, I didn't watch. Yeah, that. Cruella trailer. Still didn't watch that trailer. Sorry. So go ahead, BB. Give your yeah. Commentary. Cruella, Cruella trailer is Joker. It's literally Joker. There's no other joke to be made. It's what if we did Todd Phillips Joker, but it's Cruella DeVille. That's literally it. Wow. Is she like um, mentally insane? <laughs> like what? What's happening? This? I don't know. She really likes fashion. Here's my thing about the Cruella trailer is that like Disney's banking on a movie about a woman who loves to murder puppies. And I'm just so curious, like, how are they going to make her, us even a little bit root for the puppy murder character? Yeah. Yeah. Like Joker and Joker. I, I still didn't like to root for that Joker. But in Joker, like he made some points that you could root for, for sure. Joker, you could get it because they were trying to do like a poor versus rich yeah, or a whatever. Yeah. So you like get that to a certain extent. But <laughs> Cruella DeVille in this trailer it's established that she's like a member of the aristocracy. And I guess by the end of the movie, she's going to decide that she's all in on murdering puppies to make a coat out of their skin. Okay, so this is a prequel to 101 Dalmatians. Um, yes. Which, yeah, that's definitely a bold approach to it, I would say. <laughs> because yeah. when you end with the main character deciding to kill puppies, yeah, that's not, I'm not going to root for her, for sure. I, I kind of want to see it just to see if they go there. Like... <laughs> How is Disney going to skirt the line here to to make us okay with this woman? I have no clue. I guess maybe they'll maybe if they give Emma Stone like some music to sing or something, we'll all forget that she's murdering puppies, I guess. 
Well, well, she'll do a dance down the stairs. <laughs> I get probably. Well, she'll she'll just sing a ditty from La La Land, and then we'll we'll forget we'll forget about the puppy murder. For yeah, sure. I would at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we watched other movies, not just trailers. Surprisingly, we don't just watch trailers on this podcast. <laughs> we also watched movies. Uh, so we're going to talk about it's crazy full length feature films i didn't even know they made those until like a week ago yeah. so i was eating those up i was i was i was spending my whole life watching three minute trailers and then someone told me like they had an hour and a half version of the trailer i had just seen <laughs> and i'm like what that long of an extended cut like they added so many like, scenes and shit like that's insane it's like the director's cut of the trailer <laughs> that's, that's wild <laughs> that's insane that's such a long oh my god i somehow had time to watch one of those uh this past week so and it was titled the invisible man baby which yeah we were planning to watch like at the beginning of quarantine it was like one of the first movies that i feel like was released uh like on vod exclusively and not in theaters um which was the first moment we realized, oh, we have to pay $20 for this, both of us individually. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we didn't want to. We were like, you know what? <laughs> I feel like, I mean, it, it, people were giving it good reviews, but I think we both thought, like, yeah, this movie is going to be not worth $20 for both of us. Both of us. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I ended up enjoying it. It was fun. I didn't expect to be as invested in it as I was. It was, I mean, it's like a horror movie, so there's like a bunch of stupid logical stuff in it that I, that kind of broke me out of the, out of the movie for a second, because it made no sense. But besides that, it was, it was nice. There was some original uh, Invisible Man references, so I'm glad that I watched the original Invisible Man before I watched it, because I caught two Easter eggs, and that. Oh, nice. I mean, that's fantastic, right? That's what the movies are all about, baby. It's all about knowing about things that happened before the movie. Exactly. You know? um, and Whenever I'm watching a movie, I want to make sure I know more stuff than the people sitting around me. That's why whenever I watch a Marvel movie and they like make a reference to the comics specifically, I, I go, that, that was a comic. I, I knew that. I knew that information. Oh, yeah. And then they give me a little medal because I knew the information. <laughs> I knew that information, sir. That's what I was saying. That when, when in The Invisible Man, <laughs> they were in a hospital and someone was wrapped in bandages, much like the original Invisible Man, I said, that's from the original movie. Um, I caught it. I caught the Easter egg. So, nice, dude. One. Hell yeah. I know films. I watch films. Um, and I dabble. I dabble <laughs> in uh, watching movies. So. I dabble in films. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll dip my toe in a film every so I'll often. Dip, I'll dip my toe in a film. Uh, but, I, I would I would recommend the Invisible Man though. I gave it three and a half stars. I, I thought it was an entertaining flick. Yeah, I've heard generally good things about it. It's just like I'm I'm not into like big blockbuster horror stuff, so it, I don't know if I'll ever watch it just because like I don't I don't know if I'll find the value in it. Yeah, there are like two or three jump dumb jump scares in there, but besides that, mm -hmm. it's pretty. It's a lot of just tension. I mean, if you from the title, there's obviously an Invisible Man in this film. And I think what? Yeah, I'm sorry, spoilers. But um, what the fuck? What? <laughs> most of the scariness or tension comes from like, is he in the fucking room right now? Like he's invisible. Yeah. Um. So you're like <laughs> constantly watching the screen because I feel like, I feel like there was more I missed, but I feel like pretty often there would be something in the background that like moves a bit or something like that, and you're kind of just like, where is he? Well, I wanted to quickly mention this jogged my memory speaking of knowing things about media um wandavision is still going on we're getting towards the end of it i've sort of been falling off the train with wandavision my whole thing has basically been like wandavision i think works when it's really conceptual that was the most interesting thing to me how they were like aping off these old tv shows and we were in this weird alternate world and like what's going on and now everything's basically been explained and this last episode, mild, mild spoilers for this last episode, a character basically becomes a superhero. But the way they get their superpowers is like bizarre and makes no sense. It, they literally are. They just get superpowers after doing a thing. And it's not established that that thing would give them superpowers. It just does. Hmm. 
And I was messaging our friend Charlie about it because we discuss every episode when it comes out. And I was like, why Why did she get superpowers after doing that one thing? He was like, oh, well, that person's a superhero in the comics. And I was like, well, that doesn't... <laughs> they don't say that in the show. Like, well, it's a superhero in the comics, baby. So calm down. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one on the show is going to be, oh, because of the comic books, <laughs> now you're a superhero. That makes sense. I got it. Yeah, I get it. So... It's it's one of those things where the the Marvel formula, I feel, is really keeping the show down from the potential I felt like it could have had. And there's a lot of stuff now where it's like just introducing characters and villains and all this stuff because they're comic book characters who are in established lore and not because it necessarily makes sense for the show. Yeah, they will do some half ass explanation in the last episode for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Charlie pointed one thing out to me where he's like, oh, they briefly mentioned this thing. And I was like, that's not good enough. Like <laughs> I making a brief mention of a thing that's kind of happening and then jumping all the way to full fledged superpowers, like going from someone who's completely normal to someone who just is a superhero after like one random thing happens. Uh, it, it wasn't enough for me. So that was. That's my WandaVision rant. I'm ranting a lot on this episode, okay. but I got to get it out of me. I'm guessing that whatever, I mean, I didn't see this, but I'm going to guess that the person who becomes a superhero became a superhero by snorting emergency, if I'm correct, the vitamin C powder. Yeah. Wow. And Are you sure you didn't see the show? I didn't. And um, BB, I don't think there's an explanation needed there. Emergency has an insane amount of vitamin C. Anyone be, would become yeah. a superhero if they snorted it. Okay. Oh, John, you're close. I got to say, you're way closer than you should be without having seen the show. She actually freeze dries a bunch of oranges and then powders them up and snorts those. (laughs) And the vitamin C in the oranges is what gives her her superpowers. And Great Monorail is asking if this is a sponsorship. It is. Emergency. Yes. Get your vitamin C. Sponsored by Emergency and WandaVision, surprisingly. I legally have to say this because i signed a contract but emergency will cure covid emergency will cure covid it will give you superpowers if you snort enough of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and i have to say that legally now because i signed my name on the dotted line so um yeah and they are paying us in emergency <laughs> uh and not in money which is fine because i think i'm getting pretty close to those superpowers um yeah, I, I am for sure. I, I you got to try all the flavors out. Uh, that's the yeah. key. Your brain really has to be has to reacts different to like the lime flavor. The like I don't know why there even is a lime flavor. It doesn't have that much vitamins. Does a lime yeah. have vitamin C in it? I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. It, it probably does. I think limes. <laughs> uh, no, it's citrus. It has citrus. That's what it is because it fights scurvy. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll say one thing. Definitely don't have any scurvy. Oh my Thanks God. to all the snorting the Imagine, emergency. Oh my, that's what I would do if I had a time machine. I would go back to like pirates and I would bring them fucking packets of emergency. Oh, and then, oh, I would probably like, <laughs> I would alter the timeline so much. Pirates would like be able to survive. They would be so dominant because they wouldn't be Dude, getting they'd scurvy. rule the fucking world. Oh my God, that'd be so sick. Someone should make a movie about that. My God. Dude. <laughs> honestly let's keep that in our back pocket i think that's a great concept for a movie i get a time machine and that's what i decide to do it's just like everyone's like we could we could kill hitler when he was a baby we could like stop the titanic from sinking and john's just in the corner and he's like now hear me out what if we gave pirates the means to become the dominant force, the dominant political economic force in the world? And that's emergency. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Just imagine. Oh my God. I'm keeping that in my back pocket. No one take that. TM. What if the pirates stop? TM big boy movies. The pirates stop Hitler and the Titanic. I think that's reasonable. The pirates are on the sea. That's possible. Would total, if the pirates were dominant, during the Titanic times, they would be definitely, sh- they would be around the area of the Titanic. They would be able to save their asses. And then. Yeah, we would have Arctic pirates at that point, right? So they'd be able to save all the lifeboats. I guess they wouldn't stop the Titanic from sinking. They would just help people yeah, get off it. Exactly. While it was they would help, help them get off. And everyone knows pirates are notoriously not racist. So 
Yes, yes. Obviously, Hitler would be too afraid if pirates were in charge to be racist and awful person. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it could solve all the world's, world's problems, to be honest. This is going to be explored in my screenplay um, <laughs> called uh, John George's Pirate Emergency. <laughs> um, That's a good title. Jack Sparrow will not be there, though. I will not allow Jack Sparrow in this yeah, movie. We will not be giving Jack Sparrow emergency. I will tell him to walk the plank rather than uh, get emergency. So, Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, I think we should move along because I also have to talk about another thing that's very important. John George, have you heard about the perfect double feature? <laughs> Have you yeah, heard the, the legend one, of the perfect double yeah, feature? The one you had last week of um, Minari yeah. and uh, Muppets Treasure Island. And Muppet Island? Treasure Island. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if I told you, John George, there was another one? I found the second perfect double feature. Okay, I'm, I'm all ears. Is this like the perfect, this is second place you're saying? or No, no, this is, the, this is also perfect. Oh, okay. okay. This is the legend of the second perfect double feature let's see. not second perfect as in second place but just another, another one. perfect one got it okay this is the sequel um i watched a film called nomadland yesterday which we were originally going to review on this podcast and then both of us had nothing really to say about it um and i will say it's like undoubtedly like minari a good movie uh but it more than minari it lost me at a lot of points it's very slow uh it's very devoid of plot. It's Francis McDermott gives a great performance. It's really beautifully shot, but it's, it's really nothing in a lot of ways. So you really have to be invested in just sort of the atmosphere and the tone and the aesthetic of the movie. There's not much to say on a podcast about it mainly. Maybe just, yeah. maybe just summed up. That would be the whole episode if we, if we had one. So yes. <laughs> That's it. Um, but that doesn't matter because what followed it was about five to six episodes of The Muppet Show, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. So it seems um, like every double feature involves The Muppets. So It does involve a very serious drama and then The Muppets. <laughs> so uh, I think it was this weekend or maybe Friday, The Muppet Show is now officially streaming on Disney Plus all the seasons. I just picked out a bunch of episodes that I wanted to see. I watched Steve Martin, John Denver, Julie Andrews, John Cleese, uh, obviously Mark Hamill and some other Star Wars people were on it. And it's just a really, really nice show, a nice follow up to to Nomadland, <laughs> really complements sort of the flavor of Nomadland with uh, Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> catching a cannonball which is a great bit on the muppet show always a great bit i can't wait till your next double feature which will be the irishman and a muppet christmas carol probably absolutely <laughs> well the thing is it wouldn't be the perfect double feature because i'm not that into the irishman uh, okay um i need like a really serious art house film where i'm like yeah that was good followed immediately up by the muppets okay okay i'll, I'll try to get you some <laughs> then, then we'll watch. you okay. should just watch the Muppets after every everything you watch to be honest <laughs> after it's like every movie it's, it, yeah it'll never not make me laugh or just make me feel good if I watch a Muppets thing yeah. Muppets is just consi people who hate the Muppets are either scared of them or stupid uh, because I, Absolutely. I do know people who are scared of puppets and I, I understand that you know it's kind of scary are but they alive not are they real things like what's happening they're not puppets. They're Muppets. Muppets are real things. They're living beings. Yeah, and it's scary. They, their skin is felt. How do, how do they breathe? How do, they heart, how do their hearts pump blood throughout their system? I don't get them. They, they're just another creature on this earth like us, John. And I'm tired of pretending <laughs> they're not. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? The classic question from Great Monterey. <laughs> And I, I heard someone once say that Muppet stood for man puppet, which is not true, but that's very funny. To me. <laughs> I, I think that's true. I'm going to I think that's canon now. Yeah, the man puppets, the man puppets. We are talking about the kid detective this week, but uh, there's another detective we're going to have to quickly address, namely the world's greatest detective and his signature catchphrase, John George. 
Do you bleed? Well, a little bit of a stutter from Batman this this week. Is he, I, is he nervous? I'm really, I'm really backed up this okay. week. <laughs> I need to know if you bleed, John George. <laughs> You're really nervous about the idea that I don't bleed. You're nervous that I just, just let me have it, John George. Do you bleed? <laughs> no, I don't. Fuck. But we we do live in a society, and that's what I'm happy about, Batman. Um, oh yeah. Oh, Batman just left. He did the thing where you look away and then yeah, he like, I, disappears. He's gone now. Um, yeah, I don't know where he went. I live in a one-room apartment, <laughs> so I don't know where he could have vanished to. It's really impressive. Uh, well, we got Snyder Cut predictions that we got to do because we're so close. We're about a month away from this big old Snyder load uh, that we're going to be taking in. <laughs> And so we got to get our, our last few predictions in before the big day. Uh, yeah, I'm not excited about the way you phrased it. I really don't want to take a Snyder load, but yeah. We're going to take Zack Snyder's <laughs> giant load, and we're going to like it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we are. Um, but yeah, I got last, last, time, last prediction. I mean, I feel like I was rightfully called out by you, BB. You said that I was just, <laughs> you know, uh, taking things in the room and sort of... Mashing them together, I, I predicted some Survivor bullshit because I had just watched Survivor. But this time, yeah. I am going to come out and I'm going to say this is my best prediction yet. It's not silly at all. Oh, my God. It's so well thought out that you are going to say, whoa, John, did you think of that like a month ago? Because that's really in-depth and crazy thought out. So... Oh my God, I'm so excited. I, let me hear this prediction. I really had to, let me open up my notes app, which... Um, oh my God, he's got notes. So here's my prediction. Joker. Okay, so now that we know Joker's in this okay. movie, this is key. Joker. Okay. Is gonna, he's gonna do some. Oh. He's gonna, oh, he's gonna kiss Batman. On the lips. Okay. On the lips. On the lips. He's going to kiss Batman on the lips. Do you have any like context for the moment where this happens? So I was just watching, as, as I do, I watch trailers over and over and over again, frame by frame analysis. And as I was yeah. doing to the latest trailer, I just couldn't. I, I was wondering what was when I when Joker's makeup first came on, I was wondering what was going on. His, his makeup looked a little more smeared than usual, baby. It looked it did look like he kind of just like ate a bowl of pudding yeah, or something yeah. and got it all over his mouth. It really did. Um and how the trailers edited of course, you know, it's 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 Joker's revealing himself to Batman and I think it's in a dream or something. I have no clue. Um Yeah. But that's the magic of editing, baby. I'm I'm going to say mm -hmm. that the face I saw in the trailer had just kissed Batman, okay? Oh my god. Yeah. Just kissed Batman's lips, like maybe five seconds, like based off my analysis, maybe five seconds before I saw this Joker on the screen in the trailer, he had just kissed Batman. I could tell from the smears oh in his makeup God. that they had a big juicy kiss. John, my mind is expanding right now. The fucking truth of the universe is feeding into my brain. What I can envision this scene with perfect clarity in my head uh, Joker and Batman share like a perfect, passionate <laughs> kiss. And then like they separate for that brief second. Mm -hmm. And Joker, they lock eyes and Joker says, we live in a society. <laughs> and then he says the other thing, like where honor is dead or means nothing or whatever. But like, can you imagine the fucking power that that moment would carry? Uh, I cannot imagine Jared Leto not getting an Oscar after that, just for that one line, after the most beautiful kiss anyone will have laid their eyes on in cinema history. Um, That's going to send shockwaves throughout the entire film community. I, think. I mean, everyone's always like, you know, begging like, oh, can we get another movie where Batman and Joker are feuding or fighting and stuff like that. But Zack Snyder is going to open our eyes, make us realize we've always wanted the Batman and the Joker to kiss. We've always felt a little bit of a connection between the two, you know? We've always yeah. felt like the, yeah, it's you know, that they, they belong together. We always we always thought the tension between Batman and the Joker was was that of like hate or of unease or mistrust, but it's actually sexual <laughs> tension. That's what we've been feeling. And finally, 
finally we get a resolution to that this is like the the longest like nut we've ever held in collectively <laughs> as a society and it's crazy because that's a nut it's an unexpected nut uh we we oh it's the best yeah, kind we didn't even know we were holding in this nut and Zack snyder is opening our mind's eye to it and wow thank you mr zach i i, I love you <laughs> thank you mr zach warner brother you're really giving it to us finally but yeah that's my prediction um I'm like almost embarrassed to do mine now. That one's so I know, good. I know. I legit. It came to me like in a dream, to be honest, like a month ago. I was like, <laughs> this has to be. John real. also had a dream where he kissed the Joker. <laughs> so. <laughs> and that's when I was inspired. I got one. Part of me feels like I might have predicted this already, but I don't think I have. Uh, Zack Snyder loves Jesus. I don't know if you've caught Was this, it? but all of Zack Snyder's Superman movies have extremely heavy Jesus metaphors. He does love Jesus. Um, there's that very famous r slash movie details post where someone's like, like a beautiful cinematic parallel. And it's like a shot from Man of Steel where Superman is like sitting in front of a stained glass window with Jesus on it. And they're like... <laughs> Because they're like, Jesus. Wow. Get it? That's very <laughs> Movie smart. details. Really good, smart yeah. directing by Zack Snyder. Very subtle. Very <laughs> subtle from Zack Snyder. There's another scene in Man of Steel where he, like, jumps out of a spaceship and he does it with, like, his arms outstretched, like, in a cross kind of pose. And then, of course, Batman v Superman, where they, like, repeatedly call him a god or, like, refer to him as god or whatever. And I feel like it's all been too subtle for the normies out there. They haven't picked up on it. So Zack Snyder's going to go all in this time. And this movie, they're just going to acknowledge that Superman is a god. He is the Christian god. Not like an, an incarnation. Not He is literally like in the Bible. It's, it's him. That's who they were writing about. Okay. Yeah, I think this is good. You know, it, it kept flying. I didn't even know these Jesus references until you've brought them up, BB. It, it clearly flew over yeah. my head big time. So I think this is a really good idea. So how exactly do we get to know that Superman is not only like a god, but he is the Christian god? And how, how do <laughs> who they wrote about in yeah, the Bible and how do like the Muslims feel about how do how do the other religions feel about this in the movie? I'm... Well, they're super excited because they don't have to wonder anymore. Everyone's super amped about okay, this because like excited. all this time, everyone's like, well, how do you know God's real? Like, oh, God, like if God's real, why do bad things happen? Everyone's going to be like, no, it's him. It's Superman. And we're like, oh, OK, we don't have to have faith anymore. We just know it's That's Superman, amazing. the real Christian yeah. God. Um, all religions will be dead except for, I guess, Christianity. I like it. Maybe Judaism will make it, too, because that's just the Old Testament, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Superman's going to have some answering to do about some of his uh, sort of misdeeds in uh, the Old Testament, yeah, sort yeah. of his his hellfire and all Expected. that. Definitely. Yeah, and I guess there'll be a bit of mystery because he's not going to reveal who Satan is. That's going to remain a secret. I like that secret. I like it. Batman's going to ask him, be like, yeah, so so who's Satan? And Superman will be like, I'll never tell. It'll be a very like coy thing. Okay, I like that. Um, and a little bit of mystery. That's always good in a movie. Always good in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll get it in Justice League Snyder Cut 2. Um, <laughs> doesn't there have to be a normal justice league 2 first yeah so what they're gonna do is they're gonna tell Zack snyder he can do justice league 2 and then they're gonna kick him off that project <laughs> and put someone else in they'll direct it everyone will hate it and then we'll get a second snyder yeah. cut of that justice somehow league. joss whedon gets the job everyone's like why <laughs> somehow <laughs> how didn't we just go over this <laughs> we just we just said you shouldn't hire this man right he's he's awful yeah so, yeah, Superman will be the real Christian God from the Bible. I'm marking it now. That's my prediction. I, I can't wait for this. I, this opens up a whole, you know, world of sequels where we get to meet uh, Superman's son, who is, of course, Jesus and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Well, no, Jesus is dead. I don't know if we'll get to the second coming in this oh, one. So damn it. I'm sad. Yeah, I'm really sad about that. But um, 
You should be. Everyone's sad about Jesus. <laughs> he seemed like a cool guy. I'm still. We wouldn't go to church every Sunday mourning, if we weren't sad about Jesus. Still mourning about the death yeah. of Jesus, to be honest. It was a lo- it was a long time ago. I know, but and I, ne- I never it was rough for guy. all of us. I never I met think. the guy, but yeah. he seemed like a nice guy. So that's the saddest part, too. Yeah, nice guys finish last. You know, that's that sucks. <laughs> that's what the Romans said <laughs> right before they got him. I just like to imagine being at church on Sunday. That's what that's what they say up there. They're like, you know, sometimes nice guys, they just finish last. It sucks. Jesus was a nice guy. And sometimes nice guys finish last and everyone gets up and claps. <laughs> I'm a nice guy too. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this. I, I really wanted more uh, Christianity in Justice League. So I'm glad. Yeah, we need more of it in movies, and thank God we're getting it, thanks to my my movie that I'm still directing with Gina Carano and Ben Shapiro. Yes. So. You know what else we need more yeah. of in movies, maybe? We need more What's that? Adam Brody in movies. We do. Star of the Kid Detective, the movie we're about to talk about. Yes, um, and now we've had an absurdly long intro, but it was necessary, I feel. Um, yeah, Kid Detective is a movie that you watched a few weeks ago and you're like, it was good. And then I watched it uh, earlier this week and I was like, I loved this movie. And we decided to do an episode on it because I'm still so hype about it. Um, but yeah, Adams Brody is great. But for some reason, while I was watching Kid Detective, I couldn't help but think that like James Marston also would have been perfect casting for the lead of this movie. That's true. But- and I don't know why, but every time I looked at the screen, I was like, I could see James Marston doing this. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely could see that. Honestly, you said that and I agreed. I was like, yeah, but they kind of they have some similar features, I guess, Adam, Adam Brody and James Marston. Yeah, they look similar, but also I feel like they have a similar yeah. vibe, except for X-Men, which doesn't count true, for true. James Marsden. I, I wasn't counting that, really. I was mainly thinking of yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. So, Sonic the Hedgehog or 30 Rock or that kind of James yeah, Marsden. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a, if you haven't heard of this movie, I talked about it a couple episodes ago on Big Boy Movies, but it's a Canadian film, so we are, uh, you know, being a little diverse here. I, I like that, baby. Um, <laughs> Yeah, reaching out to all of our fans across the border in the Great White North. Of course. And it's directed by Evan Morgan, who this is based, I think this is his first, his directorial debut, but he's he was a screenwriter before he screenwrote for a movie called The Dirties, which I also talked about, which BB should also watch if he liked The Kid Detective, because they're both good. Yes, I'm planning on watching The Dirties. I didn't have time, because I, I, I still felt like I had to watch Nomadland for this podcast. Just to give us an update even though we weren't going to do it, but uh, it was just something I had to do. So that was my movie for the week. And I couldn't make the double feature Nomadland and then the Dirties. Are you kidding no, me? It had to be something Muppet related. Had to be the Muppets. It's a dark comedy. It gets dark. Just to warn you, it does get dark. Don't just see the word comedy and be like, oh, it's just fu- a funny movie. No, it's a, it's a dark yeah. comedy. <laughs> but it is hilarious at the same time. There's some just amazing lines in there. My God. Yeah. I... I don't even want to get too far into it in that regard, because I really think the less you know about this movie, the better. So no spoiler free section for you. But yeah, let's I want to do general. Yeah, spoiler free. We'll do general impressions. Uh, Why don't you go first, John? It's a good movie with good acting. And I think the strongest part is the writing for me personally. Like I. They were just, I'm not going to spoil any funny moments. There are just so many great funny moments uh, the first half of this movie that me and Miriam were laughing at like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like it, like I, I'm a sucker for dark comedies and I think the, just throughout it, it's able to take a nice balance between those dark themes and the, the funny parts as well and feel real. And, you know, the premise kind of feels goofy at times, but they're still able to make it serious at points which i think is is also a great achievement yeah i think it's i think it's a good watch definitely check it out yeah i loved this movie i'm actually like the more i think about it the more i feel like i want to bump up my star rating i originally gave it a four so like bumping it up is just even more of how much i loved it but yeah like you said it's it's a dark comedy. It's not necessarily a dark comedy throughout again i don't want to get too far into that but the premise is really brilliant 
just like an Encyclopedia Brown kind of character who grew up but continued to be a detective mm-hmm. <laughs> um, solving like random crimes for local people in the town. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. The screenplay, I think, was so strong, especially with a mystery kind of movie. You have to have a really strong screenplay. I was thinking a lot of Knives Out with this one, especially with the way that they work in sort of the mystery and the big reveal and everything like that. And because it's Canadian, I didn't recognize a lot of actors, but I think they're all phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. It, it all just works so well tonally. It's so weird because it takes place in this very heightened world and grounds itself so effortlessly at the same time. And obviously by the time you get to the end, it's completely grounded. It's an ending that you're not going to expect. Even if we, even if you go in knowing that it's an ending, you're not going to expect, you're still not going to know it's like what the deal is. It's really um, incredible (laughs) how they tie everything together. So yeah, I cannot recommend Kid Detective enough. I think it's probably one of my favorites that I've seen. Uh, I guess we're counting it as a 2020 movie, but uh, I think this is going to carry me through 2021, like one of my favorites for this year that I've seen. Yeah, it's def- it's, uh, it's a 2020 year. It came out in like October, I want to say, or something. Okay. So it's been a while, but no one talked about it because it's a Canadian film, baby, that, that people are racist against yeah. the Canadians. They hate them. They hate those damn Canadians and their good movies. <laughs> exactly. It's upsetting. I I did hear about this movie like via Letterboxd because Letterboxd wrote an article and had like a podcast on it back in October. And I was meaning to watch mm-hmm. it since then and then eventually caught it in January. But yeah, this is this is a great movie. Wa- just watch it. I guarantee if you like this podcast, you will like this movie. I think this movie yes. fits our podcast audience very well. So... Yeah. Watch it. Don't listen to the rest of the podcast if you haven't seen it. So it's I think it's very much our sense of humor. And uh, the main character is like one of my favorite, like main character kind of archetypes in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's all we can say without super heavily spoiling it. So we should go to spoiler town. Like usually we joke, but I'm saying it like seriously, pause the podcast and watch the movie. It's only like an hour and a half and then come back and listen to our podcast and give us those sweet streaming dollars we get so much money from that we get so many cents every time you listen all the way through it's beautiful so beautiful but yeah spoiler town we're here baby we've arrived and baby you're gonna have to take me on this journey through spoiler town because it's been three weeks since i've seen this film so you're (laughs) okay fair it's been about a week for me i don't even really know where to start i i guess I don't want to start with the ending because there's so much to talk about, but I guess the first thing that grabbed me about this movie was just the main character and how well he's set up in that they have this kid detective world when he's actually a kid uh, and everything's more saturated. He has this really big cartoonish treehouse. They pay him 50 cents to solve mysteries It's like a kid's movie. It's literally like this heightened version of reality. And it's filmed like a kid's movie. Like I said, it's really saturated. Uh, And then we get that cold, hard, real reality where he lives now. And they bring the colors down. Everything's a little more washed out. um, And it's shot a little bit differently. Uh, And I immediately just love this like down on his luck kind of detective guy. Adam Brody sells that so well. And um, I love the running gag that he just doesn't know what day it is at all. I think that's so relatable. As someone who like had like a three month period of unemployment during COVID times, like I was just like, yeah, I've existed in that world before. The only reason I would ever know what day it was is because I was playing Animal Crossing religiously <laughs> during that period of unemployment. The only reason I had any sense of what time or day it was was just because of Animal Crossing. Yeah, I agree. I had a long time of unemployment after I graduated from college. Oh, yeah, you did. I had like, well, I also after Echo Fox as well. Like I have spent a, Literally, we spent s- a lot of time unemployed yeah. after college. Um, and I agree. It's um, it's we sad. literally started this podcast yeah. while both of us were <laughs> unemployed. Yeah. Um, I think the second like once we got like a, from Echo Fox, that was I feel like I was keeping track of time a lot more, but the first, after I graduated college, it was way more disorienting because I had just like gotten out of 
obviously like doing things my entire life and then i had nothing to do and then i just lost track of time yeah. I, I totally like this movie basically yeah um but yeah we get introduced to his parents who are like really don't want him to be a detective anymore yeah. which makes sense because it's like what are you doing you you solved the mystery of who stole the fundraiser money and now he's just like finding cats um oh i love the fucking joke and i don't want this to turn into just us talking about jokes we like but the joke where the kid's like my friend said he trained with the mets over the summer i need you to find out if that's true and he's like your friend's lying (laughs) like he doesn't do anything your friend's lying (laughs) Yeah, that was so good. God, there's so many good jokes in this movie, though, BB. The only one... Yeah. The one I remember is a little further down, so once we get there, I can say it, but... Yeah, there's also... I mean, he's um, also, like, um, he's drinking very heavily, <laughs> very often. Um, and his yeah. parents come to visit him, and his beer stuff's all over, and he just blames his, like, roommate for it. It's just like, that's not mine. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny, like... I feel like you never see characters like that who have roommates. I feel like yeah. usually when you have those down on their luck characters, there's not because the roommate seems like a normal enough guy. He's just living his life and kid detective. Oh God, I forget it. Oh, Abe. Abe is just like such a deadbeat at that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's way more realistic than him. I mean, he's he's a kid detective who probably gets paid like nothing for most of the most of the mysteries he solves. <laughs> of course Absolutely, he needs a yeah. roommate he can't afford to live on his own come on yeah but yeah the the big mystery comes up uh a little not a little boy but uh a high school like senior or something like that high school kid gets murdered um and that's another thing i love about this movie is the way it keeps playing with your expectations of a story like this the girlfriend comes and she's like i want you to help solve my boyfriend's murder and we slowly find out like <laughs> the boyfriend's um a nerd like a big nerd and which is like i feel like so out of character for something like this um i'm sorry real quick our friend charlie i get steam notifications on my computer our friend charlie is playing a game called vtuber maker right now <laughs> also got the notification <laughs> um so charlie's making a vtuber so this is completely unrelated to the podcast. I'm sorry, everyone, but that's that really needed to be said. I, I really want to know what the VTuber is. I hope Charlie's going to be producing our next episode, so hopefully he comes out and shows us his VTuber. If Charlie right now is making a Martin Scorsese VTuber on Steam, I'll be so happy. So he's a big nerd. The funny part is when one of the first investigations they do of, of this murder is they go talk to one of his friends. And like yeah. he's like saying like because he's saying to the to the girlfriend of the person who just got murdered like he what he wasn't what he seemed and he was like yeah he just like wasn't a nice like guy he was, he was it was so high school handicap people <laughs> was one of them was one of the <laughs> bad things he was <laughs> it's just like yeah okay. <laughs> yeah no that that first scene because it's like Another th- one of those things where it's like the heightened reality where he's solving a high school mystery, but he's like a 30 something year old adult. And um, it's, it's just so funny, this kid being like, oh, he wasn't that good guy. Like, I can totally see being that kid in high school being like, you like this yeah. girl. And so <laughs> you're like, oh, maybe she'll get with me now if I shit on her dead boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. It's such a high school thing to do. Um, just putting down putting yeah down immediately like being like i'm a cool guy though right <laughs> <laughs> during a murder investigation it's just, yeah it's funny that like at, well adam brody this is like his job but he just like knows it so it's just like he just immediately knows like yeah he has a huge crush on her clearly like and all this yeah. stuff like it's, it's just funny like obviously there's a murder involved and there's a, a big overarching one that's a harder mystery to solve but when it comes to like all this little shit that they go to that's so high school he just like it's, it's first nature to him basically and everyone yeah he's he's a kid yeah. detective he <laughs> solves the kid mysteries um and i love the part where he's like and well we find out the the nerd boyfriend was actually cheating on the girl um with another really funny character that we'll get to and i love he's like he was doing things with her and he's like, what things? And he's like, he put his penis 
in her mouth and he's like oh that's not that bad <laughs> like <laughs> for like a high score that's such yeah, a big deal but it's just it's like, like oh you got a blowjob <laughs> it's like what kind of things yeah that's just the funny th- i don't know because like half of half of like the murder mystery is like you're saying it's so high school and that's where the but it's also like deadly yeah, serious like right bunch, it's like the mix it's the balancing of both that makes it funny because like everyone you don't know what to expect you're like oh shit like did he actually do something really fucked up with this like prostitute or something and it just like turns out a yeah just got a blowjob <laughs> yeah it's to that point um it i like i can't overstate how well it balances yeah. that because we get that scene and then we also get the scene where he talks to the parents who are like actually parents mourning the death of their son um and we we get that balance because they're like who who are you like are you qualified to solve this mystery like this isn't some high school thing like he's actually murdered just because the high school kids are trying to figure it out doesn't mean like the kid detective should be doing the police's job um and so that balance it strikes so perfectly of of bringing you right back down into reality after some silly scene of him hiding in a closet or whatever, which is another one of the great scenes in the movie. <laughs> the, the closet hiding. It's just ridiculous in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is a really good balance. And it's I don't know, in a in a normal, like wide release, like a very popular movie, I would expect not as much struggling out of Abe. But every time, like you're saying, with the parents or like anything serious happens it's a struggle for him like it's hard he's legit yeah. having trouble being a real detective uh and that felt really real yeah to me. And it fe- that makes the ending even more feel even better and more earned yeah the the character work with abe is again another like pitch perfect thing where He's trying to recapture the glory days of being a kid detective while also being a real detective and like get people to take him seriously. Um, and this idea that he just he so badly wants to be that real detective, that real mystery guy, um, and not just the quirky kid detective who solved the bake sale mystery or whatever. Um, and you feel that in everything he does because with the kids, he's so natural, but with adults, it's there's always friction like his parents have friends come over to dinner uh, and his parents are giving him a hard time about running his private eye thing uh, or the fucking awesome scene where when he's a kid, he gets free ice cream for life because he solved the one ice cream mystery. But like he's 32 and he's still redeeming those free <laughs> ice cream cones. The guy who runs the store is so obviously over it. <laughs> so, my God, why would I give this guy free ice cream for life? Like, I did not consider, like, what for life meant. <laughs> and I didn't expect this dude to still come in and expect free ice cream from me. That's a sick perk, though. That'd be awesome. I, I would definitely not move Absolutely. out of my hometown if, if I had free ice cream for life at a joint there. Come on. Yeah, Just for sure. Ice cream. That's sick. Yeah. Um, what else happens in this movie? What I feel like something big happens in the scene where just the parents' friends are over for dinner. I can't remember. Well, that's where he reveals that he's working on a murder okay. case, and the parents are immediately like, you, you're not qualified to solve a murder. You've never done murder. That's not how that works. Um, I, I just think it's a really great character scene, because it establishes like who he is, exactly what he wants to get out of this whole thing, and that follows throughout the movie of like, I want to be the real detective, and in a lot of ways, he wants to because uh, he failed when he was a kid, right? It was the one mystery he couldn't solve was this the mayor's daughter disappears and he can't figure out where she went. And that's the the first separation of kid mystery and adult mystery. Like kid mystery, someone stole my bike. Adult mystery, a girl was kidnapped. And it it kind of has that gray area, right? Where it's about a kid and a kid he knew very well. But it's an adult thing because something actually very bad happened to her. And now we're in the future. It's the same situation. Mm -hmm. Mystery about a kid, about high school students. But a real world adult thing happened to him. He's like trying to overcome that sort of one thing that eluded him with uh, when he was a child. I agree. God, now that 
Okay, so now that we now that you've said this, and now that at the beginning of our review, basically, we talked about the moments where we're unemployed, I'm now realizing I can relate to this movie a lot more than before. Um, Absolutely. It's just full on about growing up, basically. Um, yeah. Which, I, as a 25-year-old person, I am still very much doing. I don't know how old Abe is in this movie, but I think he's like 30, maybe. I think he's like 31, 32, I think is the what they say Shoot, i accidentally moved there over there but yes i this movie is <laughs> very now i really want to rewatch this movie again you made me want to rewatch it i'd say it's i'd say it's i'd probably want to rewatch it too because i feel like there's going to be a ton i don't pick up on uh now that i know all the answers there's going to be stuff i i find i see i think this has the potential to um, be my game night of 2020 if you if, i don't know if i've yeah. talked about game night on this podcast but game night was you definitely Game have was a movie I saw in theaters gave three stars. I was like, that's an okay movie. And then I, I just put it on because I was, because my family likes funny movies. And I was like, I was, they, they might like this one. Um, and then the, like the second time around, I just gave it four and a half stars and loved it. Um, so yeah, I, I think this could, I gave this movie three and a half stars on my first watch. I think there was, I don't know if something missing for me, but I, I totally, I still liked it a lot and I thought it was hilarious. So I, I want to rewatch it. I think this is definitely has the potential to, to go higher in the future for me. Even after this podcast, I might, I might bring it up to four stars. So. Yeah. Um, so we, we go on more mystery ensues. Uh, I guess we should talk quickly about the girl whose name I unfortunately forget. Caroline. Is her name? Uh, Caroline. Caroline. Okay. Yeah. She is really great. Um, she's also like such a great piece of symbolism. Like her character is so well established. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the way she's set up is like the innocent, like really pure high school student who gets straight A's and like, didn't have sex with the boyfriend and that's probably why the boyfriend was going to this weird prostitute <laughs> girl um she's just so well set up because she's that innocence in a way that uh abe lost when he failed the first time on that mystery and so you sort of see she hasn't been crushed by the world yet whereas abe absolutely right. has yeah. um so yeah i i was a big fan of her character as yeah, well she's she's the pure she, she even even though her boyfriend just got murdered, she still seems pretty innocent to everything, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, it is actually like now that I'm thinking about it, the whole like overarching theme of this movie is innocence lost. It's just like everyone basically is, can't be a kid anymore by the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I guess we should go there because I feel like we need to uh, the ending of this movie. The fucking principal is a pedophile rapist who kept a girl in his shed for like, what, like 15 years or something like 20 years, yeah, 20, probably 20 ish almost uh, between 15 and 20. And not only that, but the girl he's been helping solve the mystery is the like illegitimate child of those yep. two. Um so dark Very like dark. so incredibly fucked up. fucked up uh, I think it, but it works yeah, i think the re i think the main reason you don't see that twist coming is because you don't want to see that twist coming like that's a dark that's yeah a dark shit right there yeah or you assume like she's dead like the girl who gets kidnapped in the beginning like you assume she's just that device mm -hmm. right that she's just the one failure abe had when he was a kid but like she is the key to the whole thing and the way that final scene plays out is so incredibly perfect. Um, the only weird thing that's not at all going to knock points for me is he goes into the principal's house. He opens up the little box. He finds the picture of the girl in the tiger mask. And uh, he hears the principal coming in and he goes for the closet because that's his <laughs> usual hiding spot. And he's like, no, I'm going to get under the bed. Um, and I really thought that was going to be like a learning moment for Abe or the principal comes in. He goes, Abe, I know you're in the closet. And I was like, oh, if Abe just stays silent, like the principal will look in the closet and go, oh, I guess he's not here and leave. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like Abe's big thing where he finally <laughs> doesn't like fuck that up. But 
no, it, what they did was on a, obviously like funnier. It worked. He was just like, no, I'm under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets out from under the bed. <laughs> no, I'm under the bed. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, that whole scene is. But just, yeah, the, the scene is so well crafted. Yeah, it's really well crafted. Like, no, it's so just chilling. So there's a lot of silence at the scene too. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I remember most about it is just like it's like slowly killing you almost. You're just like, yeah, it's such it's a slowly paced like methodical scene. Um, yeah, and it's the scene where like they put it together so perfectly because the hits just keep on coming. Yeah. Like, okay, the principal uh, killed the kid, but not only did he kill it, he killed the kid. Because he was the one who kidnapped the yeah. girl and he kidnapped the girl. And now the high school girl is his daughter. And that's why he killed the kid. And he pulls out the knife and you're like, oh, no, he's going to kill kid detective. And then he kills himself. And you're like, oh, my God, like it keeps unraveling. You're like just every moment of that scene. I, I just didn't know it was going to happen next. It was so perfect. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely expected it to become oh. a kid detective. And when he killed himself, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Or, like, I was expecting an ending where he jumps at the kid detective and kid detective, like, has this really brutal fight yeah, with yeah. him where he barely escapes with his life and he has to kill the principal. And that's where he, like, gets in too deep. Or, like, I expected the principal to kill himself and then the police would come and be like, you were found in the principal's house where he was murdered. You must have <laughs> murdered him, kid detective. And then, like, it ends with him going to jail, which would be fucked up. Um, but no, they don't even do that because that's too obvious, too John. Obvious. Um, like so often, this movie and makes so, so many decisions that like I just never would have expected it to make. To be honest, yeah, I, mean, I think that's one of the best um, parts of it. It's just, it, yeah, and I didn't expect it at all. Sorry, go on, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, the the final reveal, which I want to talk about, which again is so perfect, where he sees the principal kill himself, he immediately runs the fridge to like chug a beer because he's so unnerved, and then you see in the the refrigerator that grape soda and you're like oh no (laughs) like oh no and yeah he goes out in the shed he finds uh the girl she doesn't say anything which i think was perfect for that scene and then of course he has to call the mom where he's like i found her and she's like my cat's a boy (laughs) um just the slow realization from the mom uh this the rest of this podcast is just going to be me gushing about the ending but like the fact that I, Caroline comes back and she used to dress in all these colors and have her like haircut and now she's got bangs, dresses in all black, has heavy makeup. It's like completely broken because uh, she's found out like who she actually is and where she came from and her being him being like, have you talked to your mom? And she's like, no, she's just a kid. Yeah. Um, that's so yeah. brutal. Uh, but it's true. Like the mom wasn't allowed to grow up. She was kept in a shed for her whole yeah. life. Um, just so fucked. Uh, and the final scene of the movie where he's just crying because the way I was thinking about it is like the whole movie kid detective is like chasing this thing that he desperately wants. Uh, and he gets it just in time to realize he didn't want it. Like, yeah. He's like, I want to be the serious detective. I want to solve the big mystery. And then he solves the big mystery and it's way too much for him. Like real life is way too awful. He wants to be kid detective, not detective. <laughs> yeah. God, the, the whole ending is so genius. This movie's good. This movie's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. You yeah. should probably watch it. And BB, props to you, my man. You just described it perfectly. <laughs> you you Thank you. so much about it right there. Just right there. Yeah, I I apologize if this episode is just me like gushing and rambling, but this has been sitting in me for a week after watching it. I might bump this up to like four and a half or five stars now, now that I've finally gotten it out of my system. But <laughs> yeah, I fucking you, loved They should pay you to advertise this movie. Advertise this movie. The fucking, Canada hey, Canada? <laughs> Canada, call me up. I'll I'll do a commercial <laughs> for this movie. Ranting. I'll do it. I know it came just out like ranting. three months ago, but <laughs> about how great it is, and everyone will be like, hey, "Watch this movie." BB is so convincing. Play play this podcast on the Canadian radio or whatever you have up there, and everyone will rush to see it. It'll be a huge. Forget Red Letter Media and whatever they did for this movie because they also talked about it. 
<laughs> bring the Matt BB cut out. I'll advertise your film. Make a Matt BB cut of this film. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but they don't give me any extra footage, so it's just like in a slightly different order. They give you the Premiere Pro footage. You just the the timeline. You just like move a couple around. <laughs> yeah. Like some some shots are like wide shots instead of close ups. So like I cha- I changed the color grading a oh little God, bit. Baby. Congrats, so good. Oh, but yeah, it's God. It's if you if you listen to this and you hadn't seen it, fuck you. You should have watched the movie. Yeah, I'm sorry for spoiling it. I mean, you, there's still it's still a great movie even if it's spoiled. But I'm I went to work the next day and immediately was like, hey, everyone here needs to watch Kid Detective. And some people wow. said they would, but they still haven't. So I'm going to keep berating them. We should get our listeners they do. to berate them. Um, um, give us their uh, phone numbers. We'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to dox my coworkers so that they'll watch numbers, Kid we'll Detective. The description of the podcast for everyone to harass them. <laughs> I just imagine like a meme where it's like a picture of my face and then the quote, <laughs> I'm going to dox my coworkers so they watch Kid Detective. <laughs> I mean, that's quote Matt Beebe. That's I feel like that's my legacy. If anyone remembers me for anything, be it'll be that our, uh, t-shirts uh, when we start selling merch. No doubt. <laughs> I'm going to dox my coworkers for not watching Kid Detective. So that they watch the Kid Detective. That's a great t-shirt. That's really good. I also wanted to give a brief shout out to the closet scene because that's set up so well where when he's a kid, he hides in the closet and they find him and she goes, oh, that's adorable. And throughout this whole next scene where he's in the house, your your brain immediately like clicks into it. And you're like, kid hiding in a closet. That's cute. Adult man <laughs> hiding creepy. in a closet. That's terrifying. Um, and the hard cut that they have, basically, like he sneezes. You expect the moment where the girl opens the door and she screams and whatever. But no, he sneezes hard cut. He's at the police station. I thought that was such a brilliant edit. Um, it tells you exactly everything you need to know. Uh, we have to stop the podcast now because I have some really strong feelings to work out about that Batman <laughs> Joker kiss. So Biggie's next week. We should mention that real quick. The Biggie's are next Saturday. Twitch.tv slash John George at 6 PST, uh, 9 Eastern time. It's live. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. It's the biggies. They only happen once a year. This year it might happen twice because it might be a normal movie year, but fuck that. Tune in for that, and until next time, stay big, you beautiful people.